inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know you can go and download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. I mean, it's freer than boxes of classified material in a Biden closet. Yes, that's right. Not one, but now two boxes of highly classified documents. And what? Nothing. No, we're going to go raid President Trump's home, but Biden... Well, golly gee wizards, guys, it was just an accident. He didn't know. Just a few small documents, they said. Trump, let's open a full investigation, raid his home, drag him through the media, and hang him and send him to prison. Biden, well, gosh, guys, I was just as surprised as you were. Come on, man. Seems like the Biden family has a history of leaving things laying around, like a laptop, a gun, a diary, some classified documents, national security things. <laughs> it's okay. Just get the apps. If you don't, I'm going to start an investigation on you. How is everybody doing today? Yes, it's ridiculous. The hypocrisy is so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable how they handle this. They, th- they must think we're stupid. The news media just must think that we just don't have any memory whatsoever of what they have done. It's unbelievable to me. I, I really could start a whole other podcast on this stuff. Sometimes I really do miss uh, the radio show that we used to do. That was, that was a blast. We were able to talk about that stuff there. But that's not what we're talking about here today. How is everybody doing today? Ah, we're into a new year. I'm going to go on and say it. It's going to be a good one. I don't care what Biden and documents and news media, I don't care what they're doing. Who are they? I don't know who they are. I know who he is, though. Exciting times ahead of us for sure, and I won't get into that today because we are in the last stages of a good long series titled Passing the Test. I hope these have been a blessing to you. I've, I've loved doing this series. This has been very good for me, this series. I hope it's been very good for you. And as we said in the opening of all these uh, series of podcasts, we don't like them. We don't like tests. And yet with no tests, we would never make it to the fullness of the destiny that God has ordained for your life. Because we said these tests are for character. And it's character that is the foundation of your destiny. If character is weak, then your destiny can't stand upon it. And I know this to be true because I know personally some ministers who are no doubt anointed, called by God for great things. They've been prophesied over for great things. They didn't miss it. God didn't miss it. They're great speakers. And it would really seem... They have it all going for them, but their character just cannot support the destiny because they refuse to pass the tests. They get stuck in one area of a test and they can't get out. And so God being amazing as he is, he'll let you stay in that particular area until you get it right because he is pulling for you to make it, but he loves you way too much to allow you to get to that destiny when he sees that character won't hold you there. So I've seen great ministers who are not going to fulfill that destiny to its fullest. And I'm not going to be one of them. How about you? I'm not going to be one of them. 
So what have we done here? We've made it through the pride test, right? Where we know that God gives us a dream and a vision in the beginning, and it's how we approach that. Are we really proud of that? Are we really using that so that people will think that we're really something, and so we're not trusting God? We think we have to shove that vision or that dream down people's throats and demand that they bow to us, right? Using that so people will really think we're something because, hey, God gave me a dream, and it's amazing, and I'm better than you. Oh, we wouldn't say that, but we would act like that. So pride to the pit to the palace, to purity, to the prison test, to prophetic test, then the power test, prosperity test, and today, the pardon test. What is this one? It's the test of forgiveness. Can you forgive someone? Can you pardon them? You will never be able to fulfill your destiny unless you learn how to forgive. And believe me, you will have many opportunities for this one. We will have a million opportunities not to forgive. You think about Joseph. He was sold into slavery at 17 by his brothers. How hard would that be to forgive? Now, I know it's easy to forgive when it's something minor, right? But, but what I'm talking about is how can we forgive the major issues? So I want to, again, look at Joseph and see what it is that he had to do in forgiving his brothers. Genesis 50 and verse 15, that's where we're going to start. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, so this is after their father Jacob had died, and they're going to go try to tell Joseph what the last words were, but we really don't have a record of what that actually was, I don't believe, but what we do have is is they saw that he was dead, and they're going to come up with a plan, and what I want us to see here is this isn't a plan of repentance from what they did to their brother. This is a plan for a cover-up. This is a plan of how we're going to lie our way out of this one somehow. So how do you forgive somebody who won't repent? It's easy if somebody asks for forgiveness, but what, what about those that won't admit that they were wrong, even after it's totally proven that they were wrong? Genesis 15 and verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. He may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Well, you think? It's a good thing to think about. Probably should have thought about that before you uh, did it. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sin. By the way, just so you know, this is the very first time we see the word forgive in the Bible, 50 chapters in. Please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. I'm sure he's weeping for the death of his father, not really his brothers. Then his brothers also went and they fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as this day to save many people alive. So there we see his destiny to save many people alive. There it is. He's, he's right there. He's right there at the edge of his destiny. And it's going to be, how does he handle this one thing? I mean, he's got a toe in the destiny now. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. So as I mentioned, we see this word forgive for the first time. And that word means to absolve fully, to release from punishment, fully. It also means to lift off and to bear. You think of what Jesus did as he absolved us fully, released us from punishment, lifted off of us the burdens that we could not bear, and he carried those himself. So yes, it's easier to forgive someone who has repented and asks for it, 
But what about those who don't? Let's talk about that. How or what do I do? Number one, release. So I had a minister who was supposedly a brother, right? Really just attacked us, attacked me personally. Went in really hard, really hard with lies and slander and become jealous of the ministry and what God was doing here. And so for a solid year plus, he would lie. He would go to Facebook almost every day and post lies and called a bunch of other ministers and lied to them. And I mean, really, really, it was very similar to the story. It's almost unbelievable. And he, he involved many others and just really set out to do major damage against us for over a year. And let me say this to any of you out there. Don't you ever ever be involved in trying to destroy anybody else's ministry. You think God is going to bless that? You think God is going to be okay with that? Come on. So, I mean, really, so what happened was, uh, here we are, and everything that he said now has been proven to be a lie. And I mean, I mean, we really just exposed every single thing. And I, I'm talking about a major investigation by the board of this ministry, where we actually had to have legal involved. And so here we are, 100% lies, all of it, all of it. And uh, well, guess what? No apology. No, maybe I messed up. No, well, shoot, I missed it. I'm sorry. Nope. Matter of fact, they're still set in it that they're right and acting like, well, nothing happened, let's just go on. So you want to ask me, what should I do and how do I forgive someone? How do I pass the test? You want to say to me, well, they don't deserve it and they should pay and I can't forgive them? <laughs> no, you'll never make it to your destiny. And here's, here's the kicker. They will still be holding the ropes and the reins to your destiny unless you, number one, release them fully. Oh, I refuse to allow them to stop me because I won't forgive them. Joseph was 17 when this took place, 17 when he had the dream, 30 when he stepped into his destiny, seven years of prosperity, seven years of famine, sees his brothers at 39 years old, two years into the famine, they come to talk to him about their father, and when he was 59 years old, they come to talk to him about his father. They had, what I'm saying is this, they had decades to repent. Think about this, before your father died, he commanded, they're crafting this story, not, hey, dad asked. It was dad's wish that you would. No, dad commanded that you forgive us. And please forgive their sin, their, you, me, our. No, they're not, they're not taking any responsibility for this at all. P please, forgive, please forgive us of our sin. No, no, no. They're trying to remove themselves from this issue. What if somebody doesn't repent or take responsibility for what they did to you and they continue to lie and spin a story against you? And they're still trying to manipulate you and others around you. Telling you, I lived this in real time for two years. Can you forgive that person? I believe that Joseph had already set himself to forgive them long before this because he was able to walk into most of his destiny at this point anyway. But it is sad to me, and this doesn't surprise me, at the manipulation that they put into this and the lies. I've been here. And, I, and I'm talking somebody that was very close to this ministry. I know that Joseph understood something, though, and this is why I think he'd already forgiven them. When you don't forgive someone, then you think that you're God, because only God can retain sins. Genesis 50 and verse 19, Joseph said to him, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? So you're saying, my father said to forgive you. Well, of course I forgive you. Am I in the place of God? I think he knew vengeance is mine, says the Lord. If you won't forgive someone, you are setting yourself up as God and you're going to get vengeance on them. 
But see, nothing's going to happen to them if you don't forgive them. No, you'll be the tormented one here. Unforgiveness is like drinking the poison and hoping the other person dies. Joseph said, you're asking me to do something that of course I forgive you because the only way that I could hold this against you was if I was God and I'm not God. The other thing that takes place if you don't forgive people is that you're gonna live your life trying to vindicate yourself. You will spend all your time trying to prove to others that what was said is not true. See, I not once took to social media. I didn't call any of these ministers who walked away believing this man's lies, didn't set out to spend hours trying to defend myself. You know why? Because I knew I was okay. I knew it was lies. I didn't have to spend all my time trying to defend myself, and I won't start now. So you could spend your life like Joseph could have. He could have walked through, and, and so, you know, he could have. He could have thought, okay, now they're gonna see. Now they're gonna honor me. Now they're gonna see how smart I am and gifted. No, he lived his life to simply be pleasing to God, and he didn't care what they thought. And so I, I had to do the same. God knew, and I had to live for him. And so what I'm saying, I'm saying I have nothing to prove and only someone to please. That's how you gotta live this old life, friends. You know, you'll have opportunities to try to be a people pleaser. It's human nature, but at the end of the day, there is but one, and you should concern yourself to please him and no one else. Nothing to prove but someone to please. Let me tell you, that's the only way I can get up and preach every week. Nothing to prove. See, if you have unforgiveness, then you do have something to prove. You're trying to prove that that person was wrong about what they did. Who cares? I say, who are they? Who cares? They can say hurt-filled things. Listen, if I spent my time addressing everything said about this ministry every day and take all my time to try to stand against those who stand against us, I wouldn't have any time for ministry. And that's Satan's plan to keep you off track from getting to the destiny. It's really like a last-ditch effort as he sees you nearing the finish line. He tosses in a hurdle. Don't do it. Release them. Come on, loose them and let them go, right? Now watch this. As you release that person, what you've done is you've also released God to work in your life and their life and the situation. Until then, you have taken the place of God, and well, you know that doesn't get the job done. So this is what Joseph came to know. So when I say release, you're not simply releasing the person. You're releasing the whole issue over to the only one who can truly bring justice to the issue. And that's the thing. After that, guess what? It's no concern of yours. How God does to who and when is not your concern. I'm not sitting here rooting against this person. I'm not sitting here hoping that God brings down all vengeance and justice and, and punishment and just destroys. The, none of that is my concern for all I know. That person has made his peace with God and has asked God for forgiveness and is going right on just as clean as I am. I don't know. It's none of my concern. Vengeance is his, and God is the only one who is just. You have been justified by the one who is just, and he is the one that can bring it all together. Listen, I'm not saying I did it all right, because here I was thinking for the hundredth time of what I was gonna do and what I was gonna say to this person and rehearsing it over and over, right? And maybe I should call those pastors. Maybe I should say something and I'm gonna show them how wrong they are. And it was so amazing how God spoke to me. And, and because um, this was just going on and on, you know, because I mean, that happens, right? You get into your head, you get into your thoughts. It was going on and on. And finally the Lord said, forgive him and shut up already. Like he was just tired of hearing it. 
but God, don't, don't you know what he did to me? Lord, I'll remind you of what he did to me. He was wrong, and he said, and God, I love how God speaks to me. He said, duh. Well, duh, you don't need to forgive someone who was right. The whole reason you forgive someone is because guess what? They were wrong. Not the ones who like you and did it right. So number one, release. Number two, receive. So I'm guessing here, I would dare to say that uh, most, if not all of you listening to this podcast, have said or at least heard the Lord's Prayer. Could probably repeat that right now if I asked you to do so. I think it's a safe guess. But let's really look at it. Matthew 6, 12, and 13, and forgive us our debts or sins as we forgive our debtors, those that have sinned against us. And then look, and do not lead us into temptation. I hope you can see the correlation here. If you do not forgive, you will be led into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. If you don't forgive, you will go into bondage of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now watch this. Jesus is still talking. He, he wasn't done. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I do not like those two verses. But Jesus said it. So here's what we say. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others their sins. That small word as means in the same way. Check this out. Forgive me in the same way as I forgive others. (laughs) Oh, we don't want that. Do you want that? Do you want God forgiving you in the same way that you've been forgiving others? Oh, I hope this helps you. God said, I mean, I, I, that's, listen, God said, okay, that's what I'll do. If you don't forgive, I won't forgive. So receive. The reason so many of you have a hard time giving forgiveness is because you've had a really hard time receiving forgiveness. God forgives fully and freely, completely freely. You do not have to do anything to earn that. But if you think that you are earning your forgiveness from God, then you're going to make others earn it from you. If you think that you're earning forgiveness, then you'll say of others, they don't deserve to be forgiven of that. So we, we have... To come, we have to come to that place where we forgive the way that God forgives fully and completely and freely. Matthew 10, 8, freely you received, freely give. Forgive contains the word give, right? In order to forgive, you have to give mercy. You have to give grace. If you are one who has not freely received, then you won't freely give it. If you think you're earning it, then you'll want everyone else around you to earn it. I lived with someone like this for decades She was earning her forgiveness by works. So in her mind, if you didn't work as hard as her, then you don't deserve anything that she's trying to get from God. Statements like this. Well, of course they aren't being healed. They didn't even come to church. They don't even volunteer or show up for anything. No wonder their lives are such a mess. So her advice to those needing something from God would always be wrapped in a works-based mentality because she herself could not receive, so she could not give. So she had to work harder. We know others who are, who are the ones that are like this. Well, I hurt you, so you hurt me. They did something against someone. They know that it hurt them. And so, well, you can hurt me or I deserve to be hurt too because I hurt them. And so that's my punishment. I deserve it because I did it. And yes, God chastises those he loves, but not in this way. He will never punish you for your sins because he's already punished his son for your sins. God will never try to get even with you because he got even with Jesus. So this is how people are. 
it, it's like, well, you know, I had 500 bucks until my next payday and I went and bought a $400 grill and now all I have is 100 bucks left and that bill came in that I forgot about. I, I get it, Lord, you're punishing me. So I'll learn a lesson because I know I didn't pray about it. I didn't pray about buying that grill and I didn't, I didn't sew off of that $500 and so I get it, you're punishing me. No, friends, it's math that is punishing you, not him, it's math. I know people that are like this. Someone will have looked at porn, right? If we can just dive in. Somebody looks at porn or looked at somebody inappropriately and then something happens and we think, oh, well, God's getting me. He's teaching me. So this will remind me not to do it again. But okay, I I get it now, Lord. And and so I guess we're even, right? I guess we're even because I did something that I I should not have done and now you are allowing this to take place in my life and so we're even. No, you were already even because of the blood of Jesus. God's not gonna get even with you. So release, receive, and if you have a problem receiving it, you are going to have a real hard time giving it. Now, number three, believe. Release, receive, believe. You have to believe that God has already set himself to absolve you freely and fully. Psalm 103 and verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Habakkuk 1 and verse 13, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. God can't even look at wickedness. Job 36 and verse seven, he does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. So he can't look at sin because he doesn't withdraw his eyes from the righteous. 1 Peter 3 and verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. God's not looking at sin because he can't take his eyes off the righteousness and his ears are open to the righteous and his eyes are upon them. So we think, well, I've done unrighteous things so I know his eyes can't be on me then because I did this and I did that. No, you are righteous by the blood. You weren't made righteous by what you did, but rather what it is that Jesus did for you. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You have been made the righteousness of God by grace through faith. So his eyes are on you every day because of grace. See, God had to do something with our sins so he could even look at us. What he did was so amazing that not only can he look at me, but he can walk with me, he can talk with me, he can be with me, he can have a real life relationship with me every single day and he's removed my sin. And when I can begin to understand this, then I can begin to do it too. It's not going to be by their works not going to be because they did something to earn my forgiveness. It's not what's right and it's not what's wrong. It's because I've been forgiven. And so if I want God to forgive me the way that I forgive them, then I'm going to need to forgive them freely and completely and fully. This is why I'm trying so hard to get people to forgive others so that you too can be forgiven. Release them, receive forgiveness, and believe it. Otherwise, you'll never fully walk into that destiny unless you forgive. But if you do, you'll be forgiven and you'll be free to walk into the fullness of that calling and that destiny and see it come to pass. Friends, you've got a pinky toe in it right here today. Come on, you got nothing to prove and only one to please. Come on, don't make this about works. You're nullifying the works of Jesus. Uh, You got this, friends. Release, receive, and believe. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I'm your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'll be attempting the ridiculous.